Welcome everyone to Seek, Go, Create. This is your host, Tim Winders, coming to you as always from the passenger seat of Theopolis Theo, our 39-foot RV, and uh, going to be having a lot of fun today with the conversation. You're going to want to pay attention to all the things we discuss. Anytime someone talks kingdom of God, business, entrepreneurship, purpose, things like that, y'all know that I love having those conversations. Our guest today will involve all of that, so stay tuned. Before we get to the guest, though, I want to remind you that if you need more info, more details on Seek, Go Create, the best place to do that is at our website, Seek gocreate.com. Just go visit there. And if you visited before, you know, we have detailed show notes. Everything we're talking about today is there in bulleted outline form, all the resources. If we mention a book, if we mention a website, if we mention a resource, all of the links are going to be there. More details about our guest are going to be there. Any resources that they mention that they have books. We've got uh, an author today. You can go to Seek, Go, Create. Each episode has detailed notes. If you've never been there, then you could actually give us your best email address, and we'll keep you updated on all of our episodes and everything that's happening with Seek, Go, Create. Today we have LaDondra Hervey. She's the author of, listen to this title, Powerful Beyond Belief. Those are three incredible words. That's the name of her book, Powerful Beyond Belief. It's written with Christian women in mind, offering a biblically-based framework but it applies to every woman who longs to become a small business owner. Before I bring her on in the first question, I want to say, guys, do not tune out of this episode. Just because she's focused on women, I can guarantee you the principles apply and we we need to know this stuff. So don't tune out. All right. Sometimes we have to say that as guys need to know that. So LaDondra, welcome to Seek Go Create. Thank you, Tim, for having me, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'm so happy to be here at the Seek Go Create Network. Yeah, don't you agree? Guys need to stick around, don't they? Absolutely. Just because I'm referring to women, we all have the same kingdom principles that we need to abide by and kind of run our businesses by and our life and all the good things. So we're all in this together. Yeah, absolutely. All right, LaDondra, my, my first question, I got a little ahead of myself here, but, uh, you know, you and I just bump into each other somewhere, either social event, church, something like that. And I say, I'm just curious, what do you do? What do you usually tell people when they ask you what you do? I am the founder of the company Women Operating Kingdom Enterprises, and where I help women go from purpose into profit and beyond into legacy impact. And I typically serve those women who know that they've been called, but they have found themselves in a messy middle and they are trying to figure out a structure that would fit their vision so that they can move into that place of purpose, profit and beyond into legacy impact. Purpose, profit, beyond. Okay. I'm taking notes here because you just, you're throwing out some great, great words here. So, uh, and I want to, I guess before we get way deep into it, LaDondra, I like to know a little bit of background of folks that have led them into the place that they currently are. So let's get a little background on how you came to be this person that helps Christian women offering biblically based framework. I mean, did you, what part of the world you grow up in? Did you grow up in a church family or not? Or give us a little background. 
You know what? I'm so happy that you asked that question because that's actually one of my favorite questions because I believe that anything that we get into, it's about the journey. And so I didn't start out as an entrepreneur I actually came from a household that had drug abuse and alcoholism. And these would be some of the people with some of the people that I was that I would consider as my superheroes, my mother and her brothers and sisters, which I call, I consider my broncos. I call her brothers my broncos because we we're a close-knit family. So it's like uncle and brothers. And so me being the oldest uh, grandchild or niece and all of that. During those times where I would see my family members go through these hard transitions and going in and out of prison, it would be my responsibility to step up and help around the household and raise my um, my other siblings and cousins that were, so my grandmother had seven children. And then after those seven children, then we had seven grandchildren that was in the household and I was the oldest of those. And so I remember early on in my life, I kept, I was, I would say, you know, well, who would my family be if they knew who they were? Because I just, in my eyes, they were powerful. Like they, they were so knowledgeable. They had so much wisdom and just like all of this. And I'm like, well, you know what? Because I'm real feisty. I was like, well, if they won't use it, I will. And I, and I just made this commitment inside that, you know, I'm going to break the generational cycle. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. But I knew that I wanted to be my own boss because, again, a little feisty. And I'm like, I want to make I want to be my own boss. I want to do my own thing. And so I thought that that would come in the form of an attorney because one of my uncles, he had got locked up in prison for a long time. And I was like, OK, I'm going to get him out of prison. And so I, I had started early on and taking steps there and I started working in a law office. And I'm like, yeah, that's not for me. But um, and I knew that it still was entrepreneurial like, but it just wasn't my calling but one thing that I did realize is I started to pay attention to different things as I was as I was walking the journey and figuring things out and so I, I realized that I was really great at encouragement it didn't matter how old they were people who were calling in and I remember the attorneys like you know LaDondra you can't be on the phone encouraging people like and and all these things and I'm like well you're not doing it this is what I'm thinking in my head I didn't say it I'm like well you're not doing it you're on a golf course they're they're going through this divorce and they're really like struggling and they have all this pain that's going on and so I continued on my journey and I just feel like my journey was a, a journey of self-discovery where I had to just kind of course correct keep going try on some things and so I finally got into the business area and as I got into the business arena I started to realize that there was a lot that was happening that was not godly. And we was like went a lot of tarot card readings and a lot of these weird spiritual things. And like I tried to find a place to fit and I just I just couldn't find that place where I would fit from a, a Christian business owner perspective and I just kind of started feeling these these feelings that just wouldn't go away that like you gotta you gotta do something about this we gotta create something and I'm like Lord who am I like I started to feel like Moses like who am I like I'm little LaDondra that's how I really felt I'm like I'm little LaDondra I haven't I haven't I'm not a minister like I haven't went to like theology like what what am I gonna do with this and you know it wasn't until I finally started to surrender to God's voice instead of my voice and what I felt like I could control it wasn't until then that 
and really just started to break through and start to find fulfillment and started to find my place in what I was supposed to be doing and how I supposed to be serving business owners according to God's will. And so since then, just been helping women to go from that place of purpose because what purpose, we need that. Like if you don't have purpose, then what do you have? Why are you working? What What's going on? And so going from that position of purpose into profit and then beyond into legacy impact became the thing that the Lord had imparted into me that I would do, which was founded from when I started as a, as a young girl. Like I needed, I wanted to answer that question. Why was my family like the way they were? They're great and they're struggling. Same thing with my clients. I started to see they're great, but why are they struggling? And so those became some of the founding principles that the Lord gave me in helping. So, you know, you, you kind of hit it quick there, but I, 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 there's probably a little bit more to this story. You know, you mentioned, and you kind of threw it, I'm taking notes here. You mentioned, you know, drug abuse, alcohol, and things like that. And then you tied in, you know, generational cycles where did you grow up and tell me about the spiritual tone uh, that you had were, were y'all um, and, and just so you know, just cause people go to church, I don't necessarily mean they have a spiritual relationship. Um, you know, that don't mean, that don't mean they're the kingdom of God, you know, Absolutely. but, uh, but what part of the world did you grow up in and tell me a little bit about the spiritual aspect of your family and, and growing up. Well, I grew up in Texas and um, we were a small town um, in West Texas, kind of uh, where like between Lubbock, Plainview. So between Lubbock and Amarillo, really small country town. Um, and I say I'm a country girl, but I'm a country city girl because I'm scary anyway of animals and stuff. But um, we grew, I grew up there and um, the tone of our house, I would say that my grandmother was really uh, spiritually grounded I, from as long as I can remember, like we I went to church, like um, a, a lady just asked me about my journey today. It's weird that we're talking about this right now. And um, I was just telling her that I just remember just from just being a little girl that my grandmother going to garage sales and getting me dresses for to go to church. If there was one thing that I was going to do is I was going to be at church. <laughs> and so um, I remember that from just looking at her, cause she's one of my big role models is my grandmother. And um, just looking at how her relationship with was with the Lord. Like I could see that there would be joy. There'd be a lot of joy, but then I could see that it was the thing that was her strength. Like when we were going through all these things and there would be moments where I would want to get mad or get bitter along my life and seeing all the things that would happen. But I could see my grandmother walking through the lens of love. And I would wonder like, how is she doing that? Because like, you know, they're cutting up, they need to get it together and like all of that. And I'm sure she felt the same things, but the way she handled herself in those situations, I just, I've always been a child that was very observant. I paid attention and I paid attention to the things that would work. And then the things that didn't work because I didn't want to repeat those cycles of what I saw, because again, not only was those their habits there, but then there was things like anger and just like a, a, a bunch of kind of self-sabotaging behaviors that would happen just from the individuals, because there's seven of them. Um, and and so that, did that answer that question a little bit more? It for did. You so, so it sounded like there was a faith in a spiritual foundation there, but 
but like in a lot of families, sometimes it translates to the next generation and sometimes it doesn't. And, and listen, families are awesome and they, they have issues too, right? Okay. So uh, I'm curious though. I mean, so it sounds like that there was a kind of definitely a strong faith attending of church and things like that. But one of the things I'm also curious about is, was there any entrepreneurial business? Uh, did everyone work jobs? Where did LaDondra's, that entrepreneur spark come from? Did you see it anywhere around you or did you just know you wanted to be different than they were? I would say it's a combination of both. So the reason why I'm smiling for those of you who can see me is that I saw entrepreneurial journeys the wrong way. So my great grandmother was a bootlegger. Um, and then um, I, <laughs> um, and then I also saw, you know, with my uncles, uh, some of them, not all of them, but you know, they sold drugs. And um, so I saw it from that aspect, those aspects, but then I also saw it from another aspect as well. I remember that um, there was this thing called job shadow at school. And I think I was in the, around the seventh or the eighth grade. And um, that day I went and job shadowed my grandmother at her job. And at the time she was working for a doctor and she was like their nanny at their home. And I remember like entering into their home, their home looked totally different from our it not to say that we have a beautiful home but we didn't have a home like this um, and so it was I remember entering into their home and seeing all these these things that I would like right and so as I, I, I entered in that home I remember my grandmother going about her day being the nanny and doing the cleaning and all of the things and I was just just walking around and just looking and just taking it in because again I'm an observant child and um Something about that day told, and on the inside, as I said, I want to be like the rights. That's who they were. I said, I want to be like the rights. I don't, I want to have somebody to come and do my cleaning and somebody to come and do all of these things. I don't, I want to flip it to where that's not like, I, although I admire everything that my grandmother was doing because she's, it was almost like she was a contract worker, but didn't because she did not only their out their cleaning there at their house, but they she did also their office cleaning as well. So it was kind of some contracting type work, even though she didn't treat it like that. But I remember that the rights had all the money though, and so I'm like, okay, there's something to that. And so I want to I want to be like the rights. I want to own my own practice. I don't know what I'm going to practice, but I do know that I want to be my own boss and own my own practice. And so between those and seeing the freedom that they had in the life lifestyle that they had and then even with the the wrong examples with how um with my great-grandmother although she and my uncles like that although they did what they did it was a freedom almost to how they what would they were doing they never had to clock in or do anything like that but then one of my uncles was really really smart with his money and how he applied different business principles which again, even wrong way, I took those principles and used those in the right way. And it really created like this foundation on the inside of me and like how he handled money and, and how he thought about things and delayed gratification and different things like that. And so that's, those are the examples that really ignited that entrepreneurial spirit for me. You know, it's fascinating. I don't think we're condoning bootlegging or selling drugs, but yet 
we can see those, you know, I know we're stretching a little bit. That That's an entrepreneurial mindset. That's someone who's working within an area that they're in. And, and you know, we don't, we don't want to judge people, but they could have been thinking that was their only options at the time or something like that. But uh, it, it is interesting how you took some of that and have taken it. I mean, listen, we're, you know, people that are entrepreneurs, we typically have to go through a hustle and work and, you know, stay up late hours and all that. And I'm sure all that was part of that. So I, I do find it interesting and I don't want to talk much about it, but it's interesting that you kind of went into law. I don't, but, but it seemed to me like there was a little bit of a justice kind of, you wanted to right some wrongs with that. Um, I mean, what, and you mentioned an uncle in, in prison, was it, was it a wrongful imprisoning or should I, this is like the question for people in prison. Almost everybody in prison says they shouldn't be there, but, but yes. yet, um, or was it just something that you saw that legal process and you said, this is an area that I could do some good in? Yes. So it's a little bit of both. Um, and that particular one, um, when it, in West Texas, there was a lot of racism type thing. And so there was even a case that was called like the winter slam. And so there was a lot of, um, people within that 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 particular case that they did a small crime but they had a heinous time um that they were sentenced for that crime and so for that um there was it's some, I would say retribution of ca the case or whatever, where people were able to get out, but they had already spent 10, 12, 20 years in, in prison um, before they got any justice. And I know that like my, my uncle, he had like a small possession of drugs and the, the crime, the time to, for the crime was not supposed to be that long according to law, but how it, he was, it was given to him. It was like, they threw the book at him and he got like 99 years. And, um, so for me, I was like, that that just made no sense. And I, I was angry on the inside. And I'm like, you know, I feel like my uncle, his name was Steve, because now he's no longer with us. He got out and wasn't able to navigate life because he was institutionalized and and he he just no longer with us. And so anyways, um, then we, um, so for that, I was just like, they, took his life and like, I feel like that he should, yeah, he should do the crime, the time for the crime that he committed, but not that much time because that wasn't justice. And so for me, I wanted to do something. And for I thought that if I could be a, a lawyer or an attorney, I could be the one to be the solution to that problem. But I wasn't called to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough system and, and tough to do. So, you know, you brought this up. So I, I sometimes like for us to have some deeper conversations here at Seek Go Create. And and listen, we could sit here and talk about the different ways that we each grew up. But, you know, you brought up West Texas. There's, you know, a racist element. I grew up in the deep south. So um, while I didn't live it myself because of color of my skin and things like that, I'm sure that it exists. Talk, and, you know, here's what I, I pick up. I do not pick up any victim mindset in the tone of your voice, but yet sometimes people that have had to overcome some difficult things, race, where they were raised, whatever, we could kind of, you know, socioeconomic, things like that they kind of have a little bit of that. Can you talk about why it is you don't seem to have that tone and maybe encourage people that do 
on how they could overcome that? Does that question make sense? Uh, that question makes perfect sense. And um, I hadn't been asked that question before. So let me, let me kind of think about it. I would say that you are right. I don't, like, I don't have a victim mentality. And I would say that part of not having that victim mentality is because it's so deeply rooted on the inside of me that I want to break that generational cycle. And I've done and done it in so many ways already. But um, I, I like if I I could choose to be a victim to my circumstances and think otherwise, or I could choose to be a victor and do things differently to set a model of success for the generation that was coming after me. And it was so important for me to model something different for my sister, my brother, and my sister cousins that were looking at me and those other family members that was in my family that still today, some still tr struggle. Um, and it, But I felt like on an inside, there's a sense of hope that if I can overcome this, whatever this is, and I'm not looking at this from uh, woe is me or what's against me, but I can look at it from a standpoint of who's standing for me and with Christ that nothing is impossible. Like people can say and do and try to put strains on me all they want to, but what I... God is God has the final say. And so I'm going to stop. I'm going to be all that I can be. I'm going to do all that I can do. And I'm going to overcome all that I can overcome how I can within my capacity. And I'm just going to just continue to keep hope because I think that when you lose that sense of hope, that's when you start to spiral into that place of uh, a victim mentality and I've been called to be a victorious and I won't allow anyone or any system or any thought process to take that away from me. Yeah, I, I love that mindset. And then while you were talking, I, I wrote down the women operating kingdom enterprises on my notepad here and I circled kingdom because LaDondra, what you really described to me is the mindset of people that understand their positioning within the kingdom of God. Talk to us a little bit, because you use the word kingdom in a lot of things you have, a lot of your, on your website and other places like that, and we'll include links for everybody so they can go find you in all those places. But why don't you talk to me about uh, the kingdom? Kingdom, when you talk about it, I mean, that's kind of a church word that uh, some people mm -hmm. use and throw around. Some people don't understand it. I don't know that we fully grasp it. But uh, maybe define it for someone who's going, what does she mean by kingdom? And why is Tim bringing that in now when she's speaking in such a bold and confident way that she is? Yes. So thank you for that, Tim. I would say that for me, when I think about kingdom, and I'm going to talk about this from my personal experience with kingdom and journey. And so everybody, you know, you have your own thought process about it. So I just want to give that that um, disclosure there because when you start talking about certain things with religion, people kind of 
get on the upside, well, on another side of things. But for me, kingdom, um, I, it's it's like I, the first word that I, in a short way, is this Christ culture. Um, and so for me, when I think about Christ culture, that's establishing a culture that is surrounded with, with love. Like love is the foundation of everything. And, you know, rather that is establishing love in your relationship, that's loving your business, loving yourself. How can you be a successful entrepreneur if there's no love? Um, and on the inside of you to love yourself enough to answer your call, love yourself enough to be who God has called you to be, love people enough to step into that call to serve, be that vessel, to be that light, to be that answer, that solution um, to the problems that you were de destined to solve. Um, love for, I, I just, I think of it as, you know, when I think of kingdom, I think of a Christ culture of love and using that uh, to affect change and to conquer worldly conformity um, in a way that, you know, where the world is doing things this way, what is, what is the thing that, what is the God's way for this? What is the biblical way for this? How can, because the Bible tells us to be renewed in our mind. And so, you know, when I think culture, it's you us separating from the world's way to conform into God's way. And that's, that's a daily renewal because we're so, we're influenced by so much um, daily that we have to have that daily renewal so we can come back to a place of Christ culture, which is love um, and be grounded and rooted in that did that answer that question because i kind of said a lot it, it did yeah and i'm sorry i kind of hit you with something a little bit deep but here's what i just heard you say because we i piggyback that for a very specific reason on top of the question about you overcoming a mindset that could have led to a victim there are no victims in god's kingdom there are no. only victors and all I heard you saying, every word was laced with victor and there was no victim. And that's the difference between kingdom of God and the world system. Or uh, you might, if people hang out with me long enough, they'll hear the word Babylon. That's Babylon victims, you know, generational cycles, all that stuff. And you are way beyond that. And that's what I heard. And that was awesome, your response. And now one of the things you've done with that is that you've tied in, you, you have so many big words in your descriptions and all. So I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of dig on each one of them. We talked kingdom, but then there's this word legacy that you use and you used it kind of in contrast with what you've said twice already, which is generational cycles. So I think you could tell we're kind of building on some cool stuff and we're going to get to some business principles and, you know, what women need to do as entrepreneurs in just a little while, maybe with more practical stuff. But I think this is foundational. Talk to me about now that we've talked about victim victor and, you know, kingdom of God versus the world legacy and generational cycles. Why is that such a big word for you and how does it tie into the conversation we're having here? When I think about the word legacy, I think about it being the daily decisions that we make, the daily decisions that we choose to make. Because a lot of times we wanna think of legacy as something that's so far out there. And what I found is that legacy, it, it starts with the daily choices that we make. And that legacy could be a choice in a negative direction, or it could be a choice in the positive direction. Um, I, there was 
obviously from my testimony, there was a lot of choices that were made from a legacy that was a negative legacy that was being uh, imparted there. But even then, I, I won't because I don't want to um, put my family in a negative light because um, I would say that my family is foundational to who I am. And they did a lot of um, imparting uh, Christian values and relational uh, values with Christ in me. That That's why I am who I am today. But what I, I, I made a decision on is that, because if I look at big legacy, just something so far out there, then it would interrupt um, me making the right choice today um, and the right choice right now that would set me up for that later on or whatever. And I always think from the the end with the end in mind um, and no day is promised. And so if I can't, I think about what all can I do today, this one day that would make that legacy impact or that decision that would outlive me or that I could sow into my children or I could sow into the people that I'm serving or whatever the case is there. And so I would say that legacy is, um, it's, it's really important to me because I feel like, again, it's that thing that you're doing daily over time that multiplies into that thing that we are about when you, when we transition to heaven and it's like, well, she did like all these many things. Well, those many things were created daily, daily decisions over time, um, daily, daily uh, mindset shifts like we're talking about from victim to victor like I could have chose the opposite but I chose differently um, because I needed that to be again for my children like when I'm having that conversation with them and they hit adversity I can say okay look this is are you gonna are you gonna look at it from this angle this mindset or are you gonna look at it from this mindset which one is it going to be <laughs> and tell me why you're choosing that because a lot of times we don't understand why we're choosing a thing and so I, I like to teach them how to te uh, think critically um and so I hope did, am I what part am I missing about this legacy no, part because no, you, you've got it you're nailing it because here's the thing that I love about what you said and I actually thought back to an old interview that we did that I'll share a little bit about it because it it really highlighted to me uh, the differences between some generations about how people look at things. But I, I love that you kind of broke it down to a daily thing, daily choices. And, and I'll go back to what you said earlier. That's not a victim, a victor. A victim says it doesn't matter what I do. I, I could just do whatever because this is my lot in life and I can't change it or impact it. Someone who's thinking that legacy, they know that what they do today might impact tomorrow or the next day or the generation after that. We interviewed Mitzi Perdue a while back. I don't know the exact episode. They'll include it down in the notes. But she was third generation the family that started the Sheraton hotel chain and she married into the Purdue family, which is Purdue chickens. So she was, she represented two family wealthy generations. And we had a conversation about legacy that LaDondra, it stretched me because my family is kind of similar. I mean, they don't have similar things that you're talking about, but it's kind of like, 
you know, they did okay. And then the next generation kind of had to start over and do okay. And then the next generation and some of them do a little better and some of them do worse. There is no lasting aspect to it. And I agree that that's what the kingdom of God is. That's when we become victors. And so, yes, I think you, I think you answered that well, and, and I appreciate the response. So, yeah, and I'm, I, you can tell me, and I like to go deep questions. So we're having some fun here. And yeah, um, conversation. yeah this is good because, you know, I hate, I hate to tell people that they don't get this conversation in church. This is like, <laughs> this is what, this is what we need as, as people that are operating as citizens of the kingdom, I, you know, there's, there's, again, there's a few other words that I want to address and we're going to kind of then move into talking some business. And I want to know what you're doing for, uh, you know, female entrepreneurs and things like that. But there's a word that you talk about, you use power that uh, that's a strong word. In fact, all the words you use have strength. There isn't a weak word in any descriptions that I, that I saw of, of you, which I think is really, really cool. Um, power, when you're interacting with people, you know, women, business people, people that may have come from not much and are moving in a direction of, you know, like you said, breaking some generational cycles, how do you, I mean, do you teach power? Do you just say, live your power? You know, here's a sign, here's a sticker, here's a shirt. T talk to, how does, how does someone step into that power? Mm, so good. I would say a person would step into their power by kind of start first stopping to assess, um, assess who they are and assess what matters to them the most. Assess what's their What's their current state? Whose dream are they living? Are you living your dream? Are you living someone else's dream? Are you living a life that is projected or expected of you? Um, and when I think about that, and the reason why I say it like that is because if you're living someone else's expectation of you, you're living a power in the, the vein of powerlessness. Um, but then when you are, when you're actually taking the time to assess where you are, what matters to you, what does success look like for you, and you have a clear definition of that, then you're starting to step into a position of where you understand what power is starting to look like. And so now you're becoming aware of your own power and your own authority that you carry. And so now as you become aware, then I believe that you have to start to re um, come to a place to where you're also assessing truth versus lies. So there may be a lot of things that, you know, as you were growing up that you were told a lot of lies or because a lot of times we want to say it's about what everybody else told us. What are you telling yourself? Um, what has been those inner enemy type things that you've been telling yourself that you're not good enough? You don't measure up to the next person or whatever the case is. And so making a exchange from the lies into and reconciling those with truth. What does God say about you? And how does he how how does he say that about you? And starting to walk it and walk out 
walk that out. I'm sorry, getting tongue tied. Walk that out in a way that is true and authentic to you. And at first it may not be because you hadn't had any role models or you hadn't had any templates or anything to model that for you. But what I'd say in those moments is once it, once you start to realize it and you start to come to that awareness, then you start to feed yourself the word of God. That's you renewing your mind and you're starting to align yourself with that kingdom mindset, that kingdom culture, the where now, whatever, what was the old, now you're starting to step into the new. So like the Lord said, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And so you start to behold the new thing that he's trying to do in and through you. And, and then from there, you just start to take action towards those. Um, and, and, and when I say take action, you take aligned action according to God's plans, his purpose, and his dreams for your life. And that's when you're starting to really walk into the authority of your power. Mm, yeah, so that's it's a good. process. Yeah. And, and I like you use the word process and journey, and I'm totally in agreement with that. I think sometimes people think that success is like this destination and you get there and all's good and and everything's great. But I, I love that process and journey that you bring up. I love that you brought up the word success because one of our subtitles, I guess our tagline is redefining success. And a big part of it is exactly what you said. And that is not doing what other people say success is, but what is your purpose, your design for success? I think some things that slow people down with stepping into that, LaDondra, and I'm, I'm guessing it's some things you cover, is I think the way people think about money impacts it. And then I also think there's just some practical things of how to go from this spiritual place of I have authority, I'm in the kingdom of God to a business plan and things like that. But we'll talk about that in just a moment, but let's talk money first. Uh, what are some things that people need to overcome? I always love asking questions of spiritual people because it's so weird. People outside of church world, they seem to deal with money just fine. People inside church world, we get all weird and and can't deal with money and filthy lucre and we misquote scriptures and all this kind of stuff. So talk a little bit about your history with the tapes you have in your head about money and then what you see with some of the entrepreneurs and the business people that you interact with that they have to overcome. Because I think that's one of the biggest things many of us have to overcome is what our thoughts are about money. Share. Share with us about that. Yeah. So when it comes to money, you're right. It, we, we all have a money story and that money story, whether good, bad or otherwise, it's a story that we tell ourselves and it affects the, the end outcome that we are trying to achieve. And with the a Christian, I'm going to talk about us women right now, because that's where most of my experience is. So with us, Christian women entrepreneurs, we have hoard a lot of emotional baggage when it comes to money. Um, and it's almost like if I'm either I'm doing good, if, you know, if I don't, if sometimes it's some weird stuff. Like if I'm, I, I'm, I'm, living as a great life if I'm not making all this money because I'm serving and I look good in the kingdom and like, you know, all this weird stuff. And so it's like, okay, sis, well, we were called to 
we well not called but you know with one of our kingdom principles is to tithe how can you tithe off of nothing like you serve <laughs> you have to serve to make money and so when you make money you can return that back to the kingdom and then not only that you know if we are advancing god's kingdom we need to have money to do that like it doesn't it doesn't you know how are we going to do it? Like <laughs> to live and survive, we have to have the money to be able to, to, um, advance his kingdom, whether it's starting that nonprofit or giving to the orphans or whatever your cause is that's important to you. And so we have to get rid of that emotional baggage and that guilt of feeling like making money is bad because making money is not a bad thing or getting rid of that, that, um, mentality of if it's not given to me, like through corporate means, like I went and got a paycheck, but it, um, then that part is okay. But then when I get out on my entrepreneurial journey, then, and I go to ask for money, there's like all this stuff. They're going to think that they're going to think that I'm taking away from them. What do you mean you're taking away? That's a scarcity mindset um, because there, there's an abundance of money out there. But, and so if you're, you're not, you're making an exchange of value and so it's like we got to make a, a shift from I'm taking to there's an exchange of value of them getting something that they need and want and um so I I, I feel like as I've and even with my own personal journey because you asked about my personal journey as well um for me it was it was a lot of emotional things going on as well um but I would say mine was more uh, on a performance behavior I felt like I fell in a trap of trying to perform to get to the success and uh, the money that um, I was desiring. And I had to step back from that and, and, and because it was causing me to get to a place of conformity and unfulfillment where I was doing things that didn't, didn't even fit my values. Now I wasn't doing anything bad, but I wasn't doing things that was fulfilling to me either. And, um, and so I had to shift my money story out of this place of performance and hustle, 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 and taking away from my family all the time and get to a position to where I had order, um, and in my life and in my finances and I wasn't just putting everything out because I thought that I was supposed to put everything out, earn it and put it back out. Earn it. And I wasn't keeping enough money to even grow into the person that I was striving to become. And, and, and I thought I was doing a good thing, but I was actually taking away a lot of money from my family, uh, my personal family, um, and, and in this hustle and performance trap that I was in until I slowed it down and got back to a place of rootedness and groundedness to really understand and discern where I was going, why I'm going this way, and what, what system is really going to get me there without me trying to fit into somebody else's model for success or all of that. Does that make sense as far as what no, I'm explaining from a money? Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And and I love how you finished it up. And that is not wanting to fit into someone else's model for success as part of the reason why we have this redefined success, because I believe that the hindrance that most people have, especially now with social media and all that we have in the world is they look at other people and that's their model for success instead of what is my purpose here on this earth and and that's a divine purpose and and i know that there's a lot of people listening in and they go i know i'm designed for something more purpose and things like that and they may 
they may be trying to manufacture the money to because they think that money, I need to pay the bills and all that. Yes, but that purpose is so important. LaDondra, I know something, I, I spent a few years in Bible school, my wife and I did, and I know a lot of times when people get into spiritual places, they have this wait on the Lord mindset, and there's a time and place for that. But there's also a time and place to go out and start doing stuff. <laughs> and and I think that's really the essence of that entrepreneur. And 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 I and you know, I, I don't I'm 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 not a woman, so I can't grasp this, but uh I, I would guess because many times in our culture women have different or more family responsibilities sometimes than men do and things like that. There's this, there's a little bit of a weight mindset, but what, what do you see? And maybe let's get practical here. We've talked spiritual and purpose and all that, but what do you see are some practical things that move some of the entrepreneurs that you interact with from, I've got this thought or idea. I think I'm designed for this purpose to, the business is going, it's generating stuff, all of that. Give, give anything you want to give there. Just share some things that you see and you help people move down that path. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you said that and because I was uh, I wanted to allude to something there and I forgot. I got into my, my one thought is... You started um, preaching. You were just preaching that part of <laughs> which is fine, but let's move from the preaching to some business talk. <laughs> okay. The um, faith without works is dead. And like you say, a lot of time there's this place of just wait, like I'm going to wait on the Lord and I'm going to wait and just all these things. Okay. So your faith is a spiritual walk and it's the spiritual practice of things, but then your works is the things that you can do and do to line up with the faith that you're believing for. And so you have to do something to line up with what you're believing. And, and, and um, so many times, like you say, from a Christian aspect, that's what it looks like. Um, and it's, but the world, they have no problem with that. They're just like, okay, let's go for this. And so some of the things that has helped from the women that I have coached is first and foremost, it's about the mindset. So you have to get a mindset that is connected to the goal or desire that you were wanting. And I, I, I try not to go there with some of your words, but I have to. Um, part of, I love that you use the word seek. Um, because the first thing is seek first the kingdom of God and then everything else will be added to you. And so if I can shift my, I can seek first what God's desire and his plans is for my life, for my business or whatever the case is, whatever that goal is. Now I've sought out his wisdom. Now I need to line up with that that has been given to me with a strategic plan of action. And I have to release myself from being in a place of imperfection to taking imperfect action over time and creating space for the Lord to course correct as I need to. But a lot of times we're trying to have all the answers at the right when we start and you're not going to have it. And that's why it's like, order my steps and direct my path, order my steps. Let me take one step at a time. And as I take that step, then the next will be illuminated to me. And so you have to not only under, get a mindset that aligns with God's will, his purpose, and his plans for you, 
And this is what we teach our ladies in our group. But then now after you've get not, gotten that mindset, now you need to start to taking an assessment of what are your spiritual gifts and what is your, not your purpose, your spiritual gifts, and how do that translate into a business? Because we can say, oh, I have the gift of exhortation or the gift of uh, administration or whatever. And a lot of times it's like, oh, I just use that for the church. I greet at the church because I'm an encourager, whatever. How do how, that, that, God didn't just give you that to use it in a church. The, we, your gifts are to be used outside of those, those walls it's to build up the kingdom the kingdom is not just in the church the kingdom is all around us and so what how does that translate into your business so okay if you've been given the gift of exhortation how does that play out into a business and then if we understand how that plays out into a business how can I create a business model that's going to support the vision that I have I, I, I've laid out there um, and so and then start taking the actions because then we'll have a lot of people have the plan but then now they don't want to go take the action because fear is in the way well, am I good enough? I'm imposter. I'm comparing myself. Let's go take those imperfect steps. Because so I like that she's like create. So let's go create something. Let's go do something. And then the, and, 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 and allow that space for the Lord to course correct. Yeah, that's good. And I love how you brought in seat, go create. That's cool there. Um, you know, what a lot of people do, and this goes back to the victor and victim that you brought up earlier. There's a lot of people that are from that spiritual mindset that they believe if they just put forth a little bit of effort and, you know, they're part of God's kingdom, that they're going to get a lot. Let me see how to word this, because there's some spiritual truth to multiplication. However, I run across some people of the spiritual background that we have that they believe that they are extra special and that they're going to do less work but get more results than other people that are putting in a lot of work. Talk a little bit about work. You already mentioned faith without works, but but I think a lot of people, once they get going with this, they have this mindset. They may not be victims to begin with, but then they think they got all this stuff that's going to come. Talk about the actual work of an entrepreneur, especially maybe from your personal journey, because there are a lot of people that if they've just worked a job, never gone out and done their own thing, they don't understand the level of activity involved. Talk a little bit about that. Okay, so the first thing is, is that we all have to work. And, and, and when we think about biblical principle, it, it, it tells us, and I'm not going to quote this verbatim, but, you know, you uh, sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. And so if you sow into your daily work life sparingly, guess what you're going to reap? You're going to reap sparingly financially or relationally and all the other things that's required to uh, create a sustainable, successful business. And so you really, there is no special person. God is not a respecter of people. You work, you work to get a profit. And so the journey to entrepreneurship, like I say, it's not a game. It's not a joke <laughs> and you have to be ready. It's not for the faint of heart. And so you, you need to be willing and ready to, um, do the hard work and the hard work is not only the hard work laborious but it's the heart work that's necessary as well for you to truly uh 
navigate the adversities that's going to come to you when you're rejected and making those sales calls um, or when you're you're going year in year out and you're not making the profit that you thought that you were going to be making because see we we have our plans and we think oh okay in a year or two no ma'am no sir I know that the the world likes to glorify success that you're going to get this multi-million dollar business in 90 days that is a lie that does not happen for the majority of people it's going to take some grit some hard work and you're going to have to be willing to go through the process and i would say for i know that i we were from two different generations but i know for my generation um is more like okay it, it's they want to try to avoid the process and any business journey any journey even marriage i've been married to my husband now uh 17 years and that's a process and it's hard work <laughs> that we have to do every single day um and so the when when i think about business i think about you once we talked about having that plan you got to have the plan but then now um i want to say this as i when i go with the plan it count up the cost before you build you need to count up the emotional cost you need to count up the financial cost you need to count up the relational cost you need to count up all the costs and as you count up those costs now you have to be willing to walk that out you gotta you build up whatever you're building you gotta be willing to put your hands your your hands to the plow to do the work to make those sales costs to show up for that live, to show up on that podcast, to uh, get get beyond your own fears. Because just because it's fear, it's fearful, it doesn't mean that you're not supposed to do it. I remember Paul called Timothy out and was like, you know, you, you're being a coward. Like you, God didn't give us a spirit of cowardice. He gave us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. So yes, it may you it may be, be scary for you to make that sales call, but I'm going to need you to get up and to make that sales call. And eventually, over time, you're going to start to find the confidence that that you need to, to make those sales calls. And you're gonna get a little bit more clear on what your prospect on the other end is needing so you can close that sale. And so you gotta do the work. It's not gonna come easy. You're gonna have to get beyond those rejections and all the other things to really be successful in your business. Yeah, and then I, I, I loved how you gracefully um, called me out for being much older than you by saying I'm in a different generation. <laughs> Thanks for, you did it in such a graceful way thank you but but um but i think generational mindset i mean i'm the tail end of the baby boomers and we kind of had this kind of weird thought about work that that we just work we just do it we, you know work and generations coming along now there's a different thought about it so there are these generational things i don't want to go into that here at this mm -hmm. point though there's a couple questions i want to get before we start wrapping up um you have this organization that uh, it's interesting. I first saw woke and, you know, woke has a lot of connotations in our culture right now, but then I, I didn't realize for a while that it was an acronym for, uh, you know, women operating kingdom, I think enterprises is what it said. Yes. And um, tell me a little bit about that organization. What is it like? What do y'all do there? And I may have a few follow-up questions there. And then I want to ask you about your book before we finish up here. Yes. So woke is like you said women operating kingdom enterprises and um i'll just give you just the small background um it won't be long but um it came out of my it was birthed out of my um moment where i was feeling that unfulfillment 
and I had been in that performance trap and I was just performing, performing, performing. And I got to that place to where like I was empty. I was burned out. I felt like I was at my wits end, but I didn't want to quit because I had made a commitment to um, to grow this business and to be that change, generational change agent. And so I was I, I finally slowed down and I said, God, you have to help me. You have to help me. Um, and what I realized is I was on a walk and um, I'm I didn't expect this. I don't like crying in public. I'm walking and then I, I go to I'm, I'm crying, but I found me a little secret place over there while I um off the path and my walk and so you know he was talking to me and he said have you fully surrendered your business over to me or are you trying to make this work and I just paused and I was like uh I've been like I pray and I thought and you know I'm praying and I'm doing but it was like as if I was using Christ as a resource instead of the source and so I had to get to the point to where I I surrendered my will for his will and my my plans for his plans and stop trying to make things work according to the world's way and start to line up with the word's way and it would it contradicted everything that I had been taught in the success books and it was, it was kind of hard um, because I'm like, well, how am I going to survive? Like it will cause me to have to release some things that I thought that would be important to my success. And when I started to, I, I came to a truth with that. He said, I, I, I started to just kind of get to that place to where, okay, I'm starting to understand. And as I started to understand, it was like, he started to fill me up and I just started to feel this joy. I don't even know what I, why is I was feeling this joy. I just was feeling this joy. And so before I knew it, I blurted out, Lord, I just want to be woke. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't know. Like, and so, so I said, Holy Spirit, what does that even mean? And so um, it was to become alive to your way and to become awake a, a to your will, to your purpose and to your plans and so I was like okay so can you show me what woke means like because I, I kept going a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and so it, I saw the words women operating kingdom enterprises like flash before my eyes I was like oh that's so cool um now mind you these are not my ideas these are not my plans or anything and so I was like okay um that's great and I got excited about working my plan and how he gave it to me and he said now I want you to do that not only for you but I want you to help other women to break their generational cycle and I want you to help them to become woke and and so what that looked like is over time I had took a sabbatical away and that's where I came up with um helping them go from a position of purpose where you really stop to understand what is your purpose what are your gifts what are your talents what are the things that you were uniquely called to do how to and how to walk that out and then into profit where we get away from all that money had trash and we get away from the things that um, are, is robbing us of the abundance uh, that we we're trying to create in our business uh, financially because abundance is a lot of things. It's not just a financial thing. So how can we get to in a position for that? And then now after we do that, then we walk in into that place of legacy. That's with our team. That's in our leadership. That's in the decisions that we're making for our future. Do we want to sell our company? Do we not want to sell our company? What's Are we giving it and gifting it to our kids? So we start to think a little bit far, further sighted um, so that we can start to create that legacy that we truly want to establish. Mm -hmm.
So so this is like a community. Um, give me a profile. I mean, I know I know it's obviously directed towards women. That's in the name, but uh, and they have some type of a business slant. But are these people that have the thought? of an idea they're already running companies or uh give me a and i know you know you'll you welcome a lot of people in but what's what's a basic profile if someone's listening and going "Ooh, that sounds kind of cool how would they know if they're a fit for that the women who typically we coach they have been in their business one to five years and so they know that they have a business they have a business idea um they've tried some things and those things are not working how they thought that it was going to work and they found that themselves in that messy middle where it's like what do i do from here i've tried everything i've read all the books and it's still not working and so they would know that they would be a fit for our community because it is a community like you said of like-minded believers who are doing life and business together and so they know they are fit if they're in that one to five year uh place and then they have um, been trying you've been trying to do all the things and some of them are working and some of them are not. You're not being profitable and you're probably about on that brink of wanting to give up. But I, I just want you to encourage me. Please don't give up. Please don't give up. Stop. Slow it down um, and get to the feet of the father and get some help and su support. I don't care if that's with me, Tim, whoever, but don't give up um, unless the Lord gives you clearance to give up on. I'd like to release you to it, something else. Um, but that that is the profile of the people that we serve, the women that we serve. I, I like that time frame that you mentioned, that one to five years, because many times people look at entrepreneurs, business owners as kind of lone rangers. And what you just spoke to, I think, is a powerful principle, and that is the community. Listen, if somebody thinks they're going to do it by themselves, and, and one of the best statements you made was a little while ago, you said people using Jesus as a, as a resource, not the source, mm -hmm. because the Lord spoke to me years ago and said, I'm not an ATM machine. He speaks to me a little harsher than other people, but he says, I'm not an ATM machine. Stop going out and coming up with all these businesses and only reach out to me when you need help. And so I love what you said there. And part of the resource that I think the source gives us are communities like you're talking about. And so I, I love that. And I encourage anyone that might be feeling a little tug in their spirit right now to reach out. We'll make sure they have places they could connect with you. But I want to make sure before we finish up here, you, you wrote a book, Powerful Beyond Belief, which is more three big words. You just keep bringing the big words. Mm -hmm. But uh, when did that come about? How did it come about? And tell us just a little bit about that. And then we'll start wrapping up here shortly. A Powerful Beyond Belief came about um, at a time where I wasn't planning on writing a book. I didn't I told God I don't have time for a book. Like I, I felt started feeling these inclinations, and um, I, I was like, okay, I'll get to it. I started saying I'll get to it, and it wasn't until like the Lord struck me with just not. I start. It was weird. It was like this sense of just strong fatigue and not feeling well. And I literally only had enough energy to write the book. Like it was so weird. And it, like I could only find motivation and strength to write the book. I had to put everything else to the side. I guess I was being hard headed for too long. Um, and um, so it came out of that place. And the. Um, from that moment, I just stopped and I paused and um, started the writing process. I really didn't know like what 
what I was going to be writing about, what, what I was, what I was going to be doing really. Um, and I, as I slowed down, it was almost like, Tim, I, it, the words, they were there. Like I wrote my book in 90 days. Um, and the, it, it, it was, it was as if the Lord wrote through me. Um, and, and so everything that I talked about when, when I, we, you asked me the question about power, those are some of all of those principles are in my book when i talked about assess you know where you are and doing all like finding out figuring out what's truth reconciling and then coming into a place of alignment all of that is in that book because i wanted people to get to a place to where they release who they think they needed to be to become to the the person that god had called them to be and the only way to do that is getting back to a place of alignment and truth and an agreement with who God had created them to be. And so um, that is where that was birthed from. I wanted us to get from a place of powerlessness. We've talked about that victim mentality all throughout this. We're going to take back power, the power that, you know, that has been stripped from us, whether it's through trauma, life, whatever that is. And we're going to get back into a position where we're standing as powerful beyond belief, because you are truly powerful beyond anything that you believe about yourself and that other people have spoke about you and projected on you. So that's where that came from. Mm, I, lo I love how there was an ease about the process and, you know, something you brought up. I don't think anybody has real time to write a book. I've just finished writing a novel and no one really has time to write a book. I mean, especially with the schedules and all. So I, I love the thought of that. And I love the, I love the picture you painted of being somewhat, I don't know, submissive, very, very submitting in the role of a book that has the word powerful in it. That's so cool. I think the way that played out. So LaDondra, what a great conversation. Got a couple quick questions as we wrap up. First thing I want to know and just tell people we'll include it in the notes is how can people connect with you, get resources? You can include whatever you want to here. We'll include it all down in the notes. But uh, where do you want people to go if they're sitting there listening, going, I need to meet her. I need to connect with her. I need to follow her or whatever. Where do you want them to go? The first thing that comes to mind, and I, I typically just say my website, but the first thing that comes to mind is that if you know that you are that woman who you've related to some of the things that we've talked about, you've been in this dark place, or you've been struggling and trying to figure out all the things, and you know that you've been called that to be the one to be the change agent in your family, whether it's your immediate family, your extended family, whatever that looks like, then you know, reach out to me on um, Instagram, send me a DM. And let's just have a conversation. I'm uh, I'm about getting to know the people that um, I am called to serve or potentially called to serve. So just reach out, send me a message. I heard your interview and here's some things that came up for me. We'll just have a conversation. Um, uh, other resources is that you can visit my website at ladondraherby.com and there's a free 50-day devotional there to help to encourage you along your journey because there are a lot of highs and there's a lot of lows and you need some, that encouragement to uh, go along that particular journey. And the last thing is, is we have a free Facebook group uh, community that uh, we just started and it is called we are doing business women entrepreneurs doing business god's way and that is where we are literally doing just that and we're talking faith family business productivity leadership all the things there because we're more than just our businesses so we talk about all the aspects there and we're building 
community there. So if you know that you're ready for something more and you want to walk that out, then let's do it together in the free Facebook group. Excellent. Thanks for providing that for folks. And we'll make sure it's included so that people can just click on and, and go there. You and I can have conversation, I believe, all day long. But I want to wrap up here with uh, the question that I ask, and that is, we are Seek, Go, Create. You did a great job of working Seek, Go, Create into our conversation that we had. But I'm going to make you pick one word here, Seek, Go, or Create. Which one of those resonates or means the most to you right now and why? And this is our final question. They're also juicy. They really are. Uh, I would say for me, though, I am that go-getter, probably D personality on the disc. It's not probably the disc personality, um, bottom line, though. Um, And so mine is going to be seek because I have to sto- I have to slow down very often and be like, let me stop and seek. Is this the will of God or is this LaDondra doing what LaDondra want to do and what feels good to her? So um, I have to always stop and seek first the kingdom and then realize everything else will be added to me. Yeah, love that. LaDondra, thank you so much for joining us on Seek Go Create. I knew I would enjoy this conversation, and I certainly did. If you've been listening in, I am confident that you have enjoyed this also. Big favor that I like to ask, share this episode with someone. Uh, Typically, when I'm listening to a podcast, there's somebody's name or a few names that pop into my head. And depending on the player you're listening on, if you're watching this on YouTube, it's pretty easy to share. There's usually a share button. Share it. Share a clip. Share the whole episode. Let people listen in. That is the number one way that people get exposed to new podcasts and new uh, places that they could gather information. So do that as a favor because I know this message has meant something to to you and most likely others. So please share it and uh, continue checking us out on all of our socials. We're Seek Go Create on all the social channels and we're going to continue bringing you episodes just like this. They drop every Monday, early Monday is when they go to YouTube and they also go to your podcast area of choice. Thank you for joining us on Seek Go Create. Until next time, continue being all you were created to be. (laughs) 